My name is Ray Vans. Um, I'm a 27-year-old musician uh, from Southern Connecticut, like the New Haven area. Uh, yeah, I started playing guitar when I was younger, like eight years old. I started rapping when I was 17, so I'm like 10 years into making rap music. And uh, yeah, this quarantine has been pretty eye-opening. I'm like kind of making full circle in my music career, bringing guitar back into my process and learning um, uh, learning how to be a little bit more of a well-rounded musician as opposed to just somebody that rhymes words in a pattern or something. But yeah, right. um, I still work a full-time job, so music is technically a side gig for me. But um, yeah, I put a lot of time and effort into it, and uh, I'm just trying to make it. Uh, I mean, it's my passion, so I'm trying to make it my full-time living. Yeah, for sure. Now, what got you? Uh, like, anyone? Did anyone specific get you into rap? On like any specific artist, or you just kind of took it upon yourself? So it's interesting. So I'm from Connecticut, and um, so if you know Chris Webby, um, yeah, yeah. And then if you think of that time frame when Chris Webby blew up, it was like Asher Ross, "I Love College" came out. Um, then there was Webby doing his whole mixtape thing. Mac Miller was dropping um, uh, kids. So like, it was a very pivotal time period when you think of like DIY independent artists. And um, that was kind of the most inspiring thing to me. Cause I had been playing guitar for at that point, like, you know, maybe seven, seven, eight years. And I wasn't really making music. I was playing other people's music and um, I didn't really know how to write a song and I didn't know how to write lyrics or anything. And then one of my buddies, um, got me into rapping when we did it for like a school project. But it was also that same time period where Chris Webby was popping and I was like, holy shit, this is like a guy from my area doing it all by himself. So, yeah, it was that time frame. Oh, independent. That's the way to go. I feel a lot of artists go independent nowadays. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, I think of, a lot of uh... like even bigger artists. You look at like Russ and Tory Lanez like going completely yep. independent. I mean, Mac did it the whole time. So, you just gotta think that right. If you're resilient and you have people that you already work with, why do you need to find other people? You know, like I've been slowly exactly. building a team and it's cool because when you work with friends that, you know, maybe they don't have the exact same goal in mind as you, but they like doing their craft. So like they're a videographer or an artist or a graphic designer, right. mixing engineer, just so many different things that come into play. Who else do you work with? So um, the main collaborator, who's basically like my executive producer, A&R, is uh, Dylan Reese. Um, yeah. I don't know if you know of him, but he's, yeah, he's, uh, he's an amazing singer and rapper. And he is a super resilient dude, and he's very business savvy. So um, uh, he's like the main person that I collaborate with on absolutely everything that I do. But then, like, you know, mm -hmm. my best friend from when I was like eight, um, Joe, Joe, I'll say Joey T, um, Joe Tomaselli, he is a great artist. And so like, I'm sitting in my studio right now and I have a bunch of paintings from him in it. And so like, you know, if, if we're feeling like collaborating on something, like I can have one of my best friends do it. And then I have a coworker, um, that, um, him and his best friend, childhood best friend are like a videographer team and they like doing photo and videography. And so like all of us kind of work together and, uh, that's like kind of all my all my projects come together. Oh, and then this producer who goes by the name of Roger, who that I met through the internet. And um, he's produced okay. like, dude, I don't know, 80% of my songs in the last year. Oh, wow. So like once you start getting people that you can work consistently with, it's really easy. Like it makes things a lot easier. Yeah. Well, yeah, when you build a team, yeah. everything sort of falls into place. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
How did you meet uh, Dylan Reese? So Dylan's from Massachusetts, and um, uh, okay, he was very popping when I was in college, and I did not know him, of him at all. But now looking back on it, it's like holy crap! Like I was very right. small fish. Like I had no yeah. fans. You know, when I was in college, I thought you just made music and put it on the internet and then put up like a post on Facebook and like it went off. But like I didn't realize, <laughs> you know, that you got to make videos, you got to have a presence online, you have to run ads. You know, you got to like market yeah, so yourself more behind it. You know, it's yeah. not just like your friends lift you up and then it moves on. I mean, that does happen for certain right. people. You know, certain people have a like I know. Yeah, some people get a break. Exactly. Or like people that just have a ton of friends. Like, I'm not trying to like pull the Mike Stud thing, but he was like an all star pitcher at his college. And then he put out a rap song yeah. like that's already going to get thousands of plays and hit some form of algorithm somewhere just because he has like, a, you know, he's already popular. Yeah, yeah, I was yeah, like a so random see, uh, fucking engineering student. Like, <laughs> I had like six friends. You know what I mean? It's like not like right, much right. was going on. Yeah, but you're, but you're doing it. I mean, you know, it's cool to see, especially this early in the game. And you haven't even blown up yet. You know, you have a following, of course, but you're not even at your peak yet. And it's cool to see mm-hmm. you and guys who you surround yourself grow. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, when you're growing with your homies, it's cool. And there's all different levels to it. Like, like, I went on tour right. with Futuristic last fall, and he's, like, a friend of mine. Like, we don't text and stuff like that, but, like, I do. Right. I can reach out to him and get a response, and I can ask for his advice. And, like, he hit me up to do a song because he was like, bro, like, you're great. Like, how come we haven't worked? And I was just like, holy shit, man. Like, you're a huge artist. Why would I think you would have yeah. the time, you know? Right. Like, that's literally how I felt. Like, it was an awkward conversation when he said it because he was like, how come we haven't worked? And I was like, uh, what do you mean? Like, you're futuristic yeah you're futuristic, yeah like, right exactly i understand that completely yeah and i've had some mm-hmm. it's funny some guys i've talked to on this podcast and i reached out to him you know because you never really know when you reach dude, out dude i can't believe you got john Kilmer. i've had some crazy responses yeah yep yes yeah, dude he's so cool on. he's so cool dude he's such an awesome dude yeah um but yeah i really enjoyed talking to him we had a great it was about maybe a 30 minute talk but he's such a cool dude he's such a down-to-earth guy that's right but yeah, by the time yours comes out, his will already be out. So if you guys haven't listened, go listen to the episode with Sean Kilmer. Yeah. He's a really good dude. I think it comes out tomorrow, yeah. right? Is that what you were saying? Yes. I'm definitely yes, listening tomorrow. to that. Uh, podcasts yeah. have been Thank dominating you. my time while I'm – because I'm working from home, so, which is kind of yeah. sick because I'm just like in and out of my studio all day long and um, listening right. to podcasts, man. Just like it's phenomenal. Yeah, they've been uh, consuming my time as well. I found a bunch of podcasts. I have, uh, like, I found uh, No Jumper a few weeks ago. I had no idea about them. Oh, that's crazy because No Jumper has been a a very big part of my, I would just say life because, like, that's how I got into playing Kendama because Adam 22 plays Kendama. And now that's, like, my main hobby outside of music that's, like, I do constantly. And honestly, that's (laughs) how I became friends with Abstract because I showed up to a show opening up for Dylan Reese, Ryan Oaks, and Abstract, and I had a Kandama, and Abstract was on stage sound checking, and he goes, oh, Kandama, and he hops off stage, and he was like, let me play with it, <laughs> and I handed it to him, and then I went and set up all my shit, and then, like, obviously, I had to interact with him more, because he had my Kandama, and then he, he had a, he has, like, a custom one, like, for one of his albums, right. and he was, like, showing it off, and I was, like, early in the Kandama game, and I was like, dude, you're a fucking legend, you're cra-. I was dope. Yeah, I never played it. Dude, it's super fun. It's super fun. It's got a steep learning curve, but once you get the few basics, it's very, very fun, and you can take it anywhere. Like, I bring it to work with me. Like, I'm in an office building, and I have one at my desk, and I ha- and I gave two to my coworkers, and, like, we all take a couple-minute breaks. We're making coffee. Someone's playing Kendama. You know, like, it's great, dude. <laughs> That's awesome. Now, um, back, you mentioned your job earlier. You mentioned it now. What do you do exactly? So I'm a vibration engineer. Um, I got a mechanical engineering degree from University of New Hampshire, and... Um, 
Okay. Yeah, I work for a helicopter manufacturer in Connecticut, and I uh, I do vibrations. And my my group also does acoustics, which is really cool because I have a bunch of acoustic engineers that I work with, and so I always talk to them about music. And a bunch of them are like DJs or like they work at they do sound at their local church. Like they're all sound guys. So it's also really cool to just be around people like that. Cause um, yeah. I think it's, I forget the college, um, but there's a college in Connecticut that has a really good acoustics program. And they, uh, most people that do it, do it alongside music. So all the guys that are in my group were like pretty accomplished musicians. Like one of my homies plays like, huh. like a bunch of instruments. And right now he's in like, uh, in like a jazz band playing trumpet. Um, and it's like, I don't know. It's just tight because his roommate is a producer that like produced for Tyga and like a bunch of big name people. So it's cool how these acoustic guys are very ingrained yeah. in music. And so am I. So I just have like, that's how like my videographer is an acoustic engineer and I, and um, uh, he's just a cool dude. It's tight. Acoustics uh, come a long way. Yeah, definitely. It, it's, it's unbelievably wild. Um, we have some cool shit in our lab and things that we do. Um, I don't particularly love my job, but I think the people I work with are really cool and I have a lot of flexibility. So it's allowed me to have the music career that I have now. Cause if I didn't have any money, I wouldn't be able to promote or like, you know, do anything. Yeah. Cause you have to like, you know, you're commissioning a lot of people. And right. um, when you're doing free work with friends, it gets tough. And my videographer is still like in this state where he doesn't take money from me, but his buddy that is doing you know, media full time. Like he's trying to be like a photographer, videographer, like him and I have a rapport and like, I obviously commission him for that, but it's a little weird. So yeah. if I didn't have money and I was always relying on people to do me favors, that it would be a very tough game. It would be. Yeah. And you got to put in a little bit of money to get some back. Yeah. And for real, like I got the degree, like my parent, like my parents were dead set on me getting a college degree. And, um, so I had to do it. And then you had the gr- degree. And then like, I think about it all the time when I was, 22 getting out of college like if i had not gotten my job i wouldn't have worked on music 40 hours a week i wouldn't have i would just been like a bum like a yeah you know i'd just be chilling all day i think going to work like motivates you to want to do something else because i'm like this is ass i'm like at work and i'm like this is ass i don't want to be here and then when i get home you know you record about it i feel that yeah yeah i get that a lot Mm um i'm young and i work i work for my parents we own our own they own their own gym and we own our own pizzeria and I'm oh, there, cool. but yeah. So that's but not bad. Man. Was, no, it's not, not at all. But before I was working with them, I was working under other people, dude. And I hated it. I didn't, it like, I, I didn't want to go. It does. It it's sucks. terrible. It's not fun. Cause the other, it's other people's agenda. Like my boss, right. his passion is internal ride quality and acoustics of helicopters. I'm dead serious. This is the thing he loves. And it's because he started the group in my company. And like, he was a guy who, g- came in as a technician working on the line, building helicopters and then worked his way up to be like a manager of a whole group. So like he's got this whole, I don't know, it's his whole life. It's his life's work. So he loves it. Right. And I couldn't care less about it at all. And like at all, dude. And so like, I still remember one of my first days of work, I was in that, I walked in the same time as my boss. We're both in the elevator and he's like, Ray, he's like, it's great having you aboard. I just want to let you know. He's like, you ever walk in here and you don't think that this is <clears throat> like, he's like, you ever wake up and you regret coming to work? He's like, I feel bad for you. And he's like, cause I love coming here. And I was like, what? I'm like 30 years working here and you like love walking in this building. Like it's dreadful. Like walking from my car into work. Yeah. But I have a couple really close homies that I work with now 
that I've been only working with for the past few years that have changed the game for me. So it's like, you know, if you work with cool people and you can get it done, you know, and you're working for your parents. So it's like, you know, yeah. there's a little bit of slack that they can give there as well as like they're right. probably a little stringent on you here and there because they're your parents. Yeah, right. Yeah, but no, I feel where you're coming from 100% because yeah. I was at – um, we recently – I used to live in North Carolina and I'm in South Carolina. And we moved here. You know, we just opened the gym back in December. Mm-hmm. So I was working for other people in the beginning. I worked at Krispy Kreme. Oh, okay. So I, I, I was – there, dude, I was there for three weeks. I was done. So yeah, you're like, yeah, you're like I got a taste like and I don't eat it. Yeah. Yeah, and I was uh, getting interviewed by the manager there, the GM, whatever he was. Yeah. And he was, like, trying to convince me to stay. He was like, dude, uh, get this. He's like, dude, it took me eight years to become a GM, and now I'm, you know, making yeah. this much. He's like, dude, I love it. I'm like, well, listen, man, that's just not for me. I'm like, you yeah. could, you know, good for you. You do you. But mm-hmm. I just I, – I could never. Yeah. I just think about it like there are a lot of people who don't – I'm not trying to, like, make other people sound bad, but there are a lot of people who don't right. really have passions, and by that, I mean they haven't found it. Hey everybody, it's Joe here. You know, sorry for the uh, little intermission, but um, I hope you guys are enjoying the episode. You know, I know I am, but I just want to go here and say that I had such a good time recording with Ray Vance. He is such a good dude, um, makes great music. So if you guys don't know who Ray Vance is, go ahead and you know look him up. He's on all streaming platforms that do stream music. So if you guys want to go check him out, go ahead and check him out after this podcast. He makes some really cool music, and he has an album actually coming soon within the next few months. So stay tuned for that. Hope you guys enjoy the rest of the episode. Don't have like passions that they can identify themselves. So like, I know like um, my dad's passion is basketball and he's a basketball referee and that's not really like a full-time gig in any manner. And it's always nighttime. So it's like a secondary job. So like for him, he does that and that's like his favorite thing. And he does it for, you know, the winter months of the year. And then he works at, you know, the company we work at. So it's like, you know, to him, like he figured out a way to do it. And like a lot of people appreciate their full-time job because it allows them to live a life that they can do their other thing, you know, kind of yeah. like what I was saying earlier. Yeah. And um, uh, not everybody's going to be, you know, the next hip hop yeah. artist, the next Michael. Jordan, yeah. You know, and which, even people that like to do art don't want to technically like sell it or put it out. They just yeah. like doing it in their spare time. There's a lot of people that like to keep to themselves. Yeah. Right. And I, you I know, get that because mm-hmm. I've talked to, I've mentioned it in a podcast before. Like, success is not always about having the nicest car, having the nicest house. Success is what you define success yeah, as. Yeah. And I've seen many people who are very content with living in a nice home and having a family, you know, like a, an average home with an average family, you know, working an average job, and that's success to them. But Yeah, because they don't mind. Like, they don't hate their – like, right, if right. you don't hate your job and you can go there and you have friends and, like, you're good at what you do and it's not that stressful, like yeah. – that a lot of people fall in that category because like I have a right. buddy who has a very stressful job in my mind um, at our company, but he is a smooth talker and, a, and he's like a salesman type of guy and he thrives yeah. in it. And I think about me being there and I'm like, that's even worse than my current position, but I'm right. good at my current position because I got a degree in engineering. I know how to do it. So it's like not that stressful. So like you yeah. get into those categories where it's like if you can find something for yourself that, you know, pays and allows you to live a certain life and it's not that bad. Yeah. I know there are people that are doing stuff that they absolutely hate and they regret. And like to those people that sucks, like you got to find something else. You know what I mean? Yeah. You have to. Cause like I, have to I come home and I, exactly, man. You know, you, you got to have something that, that helps you out. Like I come home, I, I have my music. Yeah. I'm even at yeah. work and I'm searching for beats on YouTube. Like, come on, you know how this right. goes. 
<laughs> yeah, you gotta you gotta find what makes you happy. Yeah, you can't even if you're working a miserable. I don't see. I I couldn't work a miserable job, dude. I'd honestly, yeah. I'd rather be broke and happy than have yeah. money and be in an uncomfortable position. Yeah, and there are a lot of people like that. Like when I talk about my buddy Dylan, like he's a full time musician, but he's also one of the most hardworking, resilient people I know. So like he is constantly making music all day long. So for him, when he got out of college, like he went right through music and it worked. But for me, I know that I wasn't going to be that person at the time because I didn't know what I was doing. And like now, over the years, I've learned what I'm doing and I know how to. And I know how to manage my time and things like that to where, like, I think I could do it full time. But at the moment, you know, it's just like, I don't know, quarantine, pandemic, yeah. all this stuff. Like, there's no touring. It's not a huge no. amount of money in music unless you build a fan base. And that's exactly what I'm still trying to do, you know. Right. And Dow, do you – would you say you regret going to college? Because, like, if you didn't go to college, do you think you'd be doing this full time and maybe a bigger fan base or – I don't think so, because at the time, I didn't know what I was doing at all. I told you I was, like, making songs, and it was taking me forever to make songs. And I didn't know how to record. And I didn't know how to mix, so I was constantly learning how to do that. I had no friends that were really actively pursuing music. Like, I had friends that had been in bands. I had friends that, like, play guitar. You know, my buddies always jokingly rapped. But nobody was, like, really doing it. And then when I got to college, I was a shy kid, and I knew a few people that were rapping, but I didn't, like... I don't know. I didn't like putting myself out there. I didn't promote my stuff a lot. So when I think about it, like if I was 18 and I started doing this, like I would have been really lost. Yeah. So going to college for me was like, um, more of a buffer period. College was hard. I have to say, cause like I was an engineering student, but Cal Scrooby got a, his graduate in mechanical engineering from like Ohio state. So like, you know what I mean? Like I think when I went to engineering school, it really helped me get a lot smarter because they have a, there's a very, scientific thought process that they teach over the years and i like it and i'm like yeah. i don't know sometimes i'm a little too stringent on myself but i've i've used that mindset and put it towards music and help myself be more you know serious and consistent and get things done and yeah. if i hadn't had those deadlines in college like there's i always say to people like it's not the best to go to college if you have no idea what you're doing and you don't want to be there or you don't see yourself as an academic but like i went there and it made me get shit done on time meet deadlines collaborate with people, figure out how to learn. Like, I had to teach myself so much in college because it's so much, like, you know, you don't learn everything in a, yeah. in a three yeah, hours a week exactly. of lectures. You know, exactly. you don't. Yeah, and so there's, exactly. And I had two homies that are some of the smartest people I've ever met in my entire life that I roomed with for my junior and senior year that were, we were like best friends all four years. And they were like, and they're very accomplished engineers and they love engineering. So their jobs right now, they like. And you know what I mean? They, they're they happy in their engineering position because they get to like work freely and solve problems. And I'm not that much there. Like I was kind of good at math and science. So I went into the engineering field, but that doesn't mean that like it was my passion. I just like knew that I was kind of good at that. So now so, at my job, it's a little stressful when I have to yeah. do engineering work, but I know I'll, sometimes I'll hit up my homies about it and they're like, yo, that sounds so cool. And I'm like, yeah, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I'd rather be mixing a song at home because now yeah. I know how to do that shit. But that took me forever, man. You know, like learning music on your own is it's so weird. Like it's I know easy. a kid. Yeah, dude, I know a kid I went to high school with. Easy, exactly, yeah. man. It's, it's not easy. Kid I went to high school with taught himself how to play guitar while I was taking lessons. And I remember him being so much better than me. And I didn't get it. But the difference is that was his passion. He played it all day, every day. He's in a, an accomplished band right now. And I think about how like I didn't have that motivation towards music at that age yeah it was kind of like yeah it was like once i got my job i realized like wow 
I need to put effort into my music to have it become something. It's not just something that's just going to come naturally right, immediately. Yeah, nothing comes easy, especially in no. the world of media, music, anything. Anything you're working Yeah, just art. Anything, anything that's subjective, yeah. you know? Yeah. Which is uh, not necessarily a bad thing. I always look at hard work as kind of like it, it's fuel in a sense. Yeah. And it makes you want to do more to achieve that. And once you achieve that, dude, it's going to be like – nothing you can imagine it's going to be that and then some yeah because like i went I, I went on a small tour last fall and i never really thought that was going to happen i always said it to people like for the last three years i've been saying to people like i'm trying to go on tour or yeah i'm reaching out to people i'm hoping to get on a small tour run and like um it never really seemed as achievable i just said it because you know that was the next step i put out music yeah. i do it all the time it's just getting better Music videos are getting better. Everything's getting better. And it's like, what's the one thing I haven't really done is toured. I played shows, like one-off shows, but no real, like, consecutive dates. And then everything fell into place last fall, and it felt like a crazy dream come true, like, weird reality thing. And then now yeah, it's like... so real. And it's, now it's like, what's the next step? And it's like, I don't know, having my own headlining shows. I've never done a headlining show. You know, like, that's the next step. Like, there's always room to grow in that there's always hard work needed. So you're right. It's just like the fuel. It's what keeps you going. So now what, what would you say? Cause I know a lot of artists, they have different sort of inspirations for music. What would you say your inspiration is like, how do you come up with your lyrics? How do you like, what's your thought process? Uh, it's really just life and also yeah. other music, you know, other music, like listening to music and hearing my friends make songs like, like Dylan makes songs. Like I was, we were laughing about it. He makes hundreds of songs a year. And, like, it's so crazy. He just sends me stuff that he's not going to use. And it's, like, amazing. So, for me, it's, like, just being inspired by things that are around you. Like, being appreciative of life. And then also, like, the experiences that come. You know, even when, mm -hmm. like, bad things happen. No. And it's also, like, a way to just express emotions. I'm, like, a very emotional person. Like a very up and down type of person. So, yeah. you know, whether I'm in one direction or the other, I know I can kind of turn it into some form of writing. And then also just the beats that I get from producers, you know, people that I like that I always look into that I reach out to that send me packs and stuff like that. Like, that's just super inspiring because, you know, that like they weren't maybe thinking of me when they made the beat, but right. like they know it's my style and it's cool. Like, it's just cool getting stuff like that. Yeah. Now, if you could pick one uh, dream collab, who do you who would, who would you want it to be out of all the music artists, anybody? Who would you want? It oh, to be? I would absolutely love to do something with Machine Gun Kelly. I'm like a huge Machine Gun Kelly stan. Um, he's like my he's like one of my favorite artists and favorite people. And like um, every all my friends mock me because I like him so much. Um, I like, like my him. girlfriend. Yeah, that's tight. Good, good, good. Because yeah. sometimes he's he's controversial to people, but I don't get that. He's like such a chill dude. He um, is. He is. But yeah, my girlfriend got me a Machine Gun Kelly coloring book a few weeks ago, like as a joke, like as a complete joke. She was just like, hey, open up the mail. And I was like, well, it's just a package for you. She's like, you're going to love it. And I'm like, no fucking way. And it's like 36 different photos of Colson to color in. I was like, this is the ultimate like fanboy, like um, memorabilia. Yeah, he, um, his dad recently passed away, you know. Um, I know. And... I know. It's really crazy. Yeah, it is. It was, uh. I don't, you know, I keep up with them, but was it, was it a sudden death or he had some complications regarding? Um, yeah, death? he had complications. I don't want to like speak on it cause I don't know it, but basically he talked about it a lot in his songs and he put out Hotel Diablo yeah. on it was last July year, 5th, 
last year, yeah. and he had a line on there where he said, "Doctors said my father won't be here a year from now," and then a, exactly a year later, his father died. So that's crazy to me. That is crazy. He like, tweeted absolutely. out. Yeah, I'm not sure if you saw. Um, oh, I saw. I, and I don't know how much you believe in like you know spiritual mm-hmm. stuff like that. But he tweeted out he had a missed call from his dad. He woke up. Dude, that's crazy. Yeah, that's crazy. I don't know. There's something about that. You know, my grandparents on my mom's side passed away on the exact day, like friggin' eight, like ten years apart. So like when you think about it, there's something weird about yeah. death and afterlife and things yeah. like that. But it is crazy that he got a missed call from his father after he had passed away. Like. I don't know. It's just wild. Um, but all I think of is that Machine Gun Kelly didn't talk to his father for a long period of time. And his, and he didn't really have much of a family, except for like his aunt, I think. And she told right. him that you have to mend your relationship with your father, whether you have to be the bigger man. You know, like you can't just wait for him to come around and apologize type of thing. And then they amended their relationship. And he talked about how it was like one of the greatest feats in his life. And when you think about it, like you have to cherish the people around you, whether you like totally agree with them or not to an extent, like on certain things, like if you had a bad childhood, you still have to like kind of talk back to those people and be like, Hey, we need to like, at least as long as in my mind, if it's like blood like that, you know, where it's like his literal biological father, like he was, he lived with him, I think until he was like in his teens and then he bailed to like do music. I don't know. I don't want to go into his entire life story, but yeah, I'm um, not quite sure, but I would love to hear that yeah. collab. That'd be a pretty dude. I would love it. Dude. And like not, and I'll, I'll, I'll break the news here, but like I have a mod son feature on my album. And, um, okay. uh, yeah, so that's like a huge thing for me already. I, nice. I set that as a goal while I was on tour last year. I said, Hey, I want to get a mods. I want to get mods on a song, you know, in 2020. And so I'm really happy about that. It's probably one of the best songs I've ever made. And so that's like, that was another kind of like dream type of collab. And now that's like real. So you um, have a prediction for the album or when I'm going to say fall. I'm really okay. trying to get all the visuals locked in. Like I got a few videos. Um, actually, I'm doing a lot of videos and then I still need some artwork. Um, but yeah, most of the songs are done. I got my final feature in a few days ago and I'm working on like an intro uh, song to the album where I want to play some guitar on it. So I have a like close it. friend. Yeah, I have a close friend who makes like, I don't even know how to describe his music, but it's kind of like electronic music. And he helped layer extra synths on the song with Mod Sun. And so we're trying to do like a track that leads into that. And um, after this, I'm actually like after this podcast, I'm going to try and play some more guitar to it because I'm not really good at writing guitar, but I'm trying to just see what I can do. Like maybe play a couple notes here and there and just have them put into the song just for the sake of saying like I played an instrument on my album, you know. Mm -hmm. So now what would you say you're like, um, I guess your MO is for being like, what's your end goal? as an artist like well, how do you want to make people feel like kind of your overall look I, it's hard to like see into like how my um songs are gonna make people feel and whatnot on this album that's coming up um it's kind of like a little bit of an emotional roller coaster and i feel like each song has its own place but i don't know it's really true and real to my life and then there's a few songs that just talk shit for fun of rapping you know so yeah. I, they all they all fit their own purpose but I'm also working on like a pop punk album. And with that, I just want a lot of nostalgia and a lot of like upbeat vibes. And what's interesting is like Machine Gun Kelly's doing the pop punk album. It's funny, like around that exact yeah, same time. my downfall. Yeah, around that exact same time. Like when I was on, on tour in the fall, I reached out to my producer, Roger. And I was like, hey, do you have any like beats that are more pop punky and not just like, I love this. He does a lot of guitar, 
bass beats and i love that because it's like my roots and i'm not that good at guitar but he's like great and uh i reached out for some pop punk stuff and then we started talking about like this and that and he made these songs for me that sound like like a band you know and um so i have a bunch of those demos and that's something that i've been kind of working on i put a little bit on the back burner for the last few months because i'm trying to finish up this current album but it's so cool that machine gun kelly's like going that same route and that's like my roots man like my first album i got was blink 182's take off your pants and jacket and then i got some 41 <laughs> all killer no filler and i was eight years old my parents had no idea like what was going on in my headphones but it was nice. like but it was like a life-changing experience man like life-changing yeah. like i think about blink 182 and what they mean to me and it's interesting how it's the same thing for machine gun kelly yet he's like a couple years older than me and he has a you know a totally different life you know he led he led a totally different life I could definitely see that collab surface. It would be sick, man. I don't know. I don't know how to go around it. Yeah, I, I reached out to his basis. Um, I bought a uh, some merch off his basis, and I was trying to get a conversation going with him to see if I could get some beats off of him because I know he makes a lot of beats. But that's a really high reach. But you got to shoot your shot, man. You know, like you got to if if you can communicate with these people, you got to say something. You don't have to beg for something. You don't yeah. have to ask for a favor, but you can be like, hey, I'm you know doing music. Yeah trying to do music full time, you know, like I'm trying to be serious. I love your sound. You know, I'm a big fan and like, you know, I'm not going to just ask for free work. Right. Right. Um, I get that. Yeah. So like I got a beat from JV, um, nothing nowhere's producer, um, only a few months ago, like at the beginning of quarantine. And it was like, that was another life goal. I met him dude, not to go on a rant, but like, do you know the artist zero nine 36? I've heard of him. So he used to just go by the name Zero, and when he rapped, he sounded just like, yes, I don't want to yes, say just yes, like Eminem, yes, but he yes. sounded a lot like Eminem. And now his name is Zero Nine Thirty Six, and he's doing like this rock rap type of music. I would just say it's rock. It's an alternative rock, and it's sick, and it's so dope. And that's what kind of, and he started doing this like last year. I mean, he's been doing it for a long time, but he started putting shit out last year, and that's what got me to go like, you know what? I could probably do pop punk and figure out a way to do pop punk rap and like do everything I love, just like Zero is. And he invited me to a show where he opened up for Grandson and Nothing Nowhere. And he got me and my girlfriend backstage. And we were just up on this balcony with all the artists watching Nothing Nowhere and Grandson perform. And it was like one of the most surreal moments to me. Like I'm forever in debt to Matt and Andrew. Um, or, um, so Zero and then no, um, no Love for the Middle Child. They're the two different artists that are like, they're fucking amazing, dude. But they, they brought yeah, me up there. Him. Yeah, dude, they're up there, and I met JV, and I was like, holy shit, I met JV, and then I just DM'd him, like, a few weeks after, maybe a couple months after, and he was like, yeah, I got beats, sent me a couple That's snippets, great. I snagged one, and I'm like, I haven't done anything with it, but it's like, I got a JV beat, dude, never That's thought cool. that was gonna happen. That's a big goal. Yeah, man. I got, I've mentioned it before in other podcasts, I have a whiteboard in my room, actually, and I have short-term goals like long-term goals and mm -hmm. i just jot down stuff on there and i love it yeah and i have you know like everyday goals like wake up make someone happy make my day you know yeah. whatever make somebody else's day That's tight. But, you sound like you got that mike stud morning ritual going dude funny you say that he is my uh favorite artist of all time oh that's tight because i really like him yeah. and a lot yes, of people yes. clowned on me early on you know when he was like that frat rapper but i always knew yeah. he was like very dude he's such a skilled um athlete that you know that that hard work and dedication to get to that type of level is not yeah. something that you're just you just have it's not something that you just yeah. like 
what am I trying to say? You don't use, you know what I mean? Like this guy found yeah, out right, that right, rap right. could work and he just went for it. And he's so good now. He is. He is. His album coming soon. Yeah. Can't I would wait. love to get, that's another thing. I would love to do a song with him and I would love to be at his house in LA and record in that studio with him. But I've never yeah. recorded with other people. So I'm really, I'm really like, that's, that sounds kind of daunting, but I gotta get, I gotta get to that point at some point. Yeah, sometime. you will, dude. It, it's just a matter of time. You know, once someone like you eventually just hit your peak and it goes from there. Yeah. And your yeah. music, I've listened to your music. You know, um, I knew a little bit about you before I reached out to you. But your music, you have good music. Thank I you, enjoy dude. it. Yeah, Thank of you, course. Dude. I appreciate and I can that. Definitely see you getting, um, you know, a bunch of collabs and such and. Taking, dude, it's you'll blow up. Trust me. <laughs> yeah, no, it you takes time. It takes time. It's it's all. Yeah. I don't want to say it's luck, but it takes time. And so I've had a lot of good things to go my way in the last year, and I found that like the biggest thing you can do is just be consistent and constantly try and yep, consistency and and, hard tr- work. and try and me and not so much try and be inspired, but act on your inspirations. Like I don't know, I was, my cousin got me into watching anime at the beginning of quarantine. And because he's a big fan. And so he'll just come by. And that shit's so new to me that like I was watching one like two or three weeks ago and I didn't have the album figured out. Like I had a bunch of songs and I had a kind of like a title and I was like weirdly inspired by this anime show. And then I just wrote down a shit ton of ideas in like a 30 minute span. And now that's like the entire basis of the album. So it's just like you have to act on times when you're inspired and you have an idea and just kind of like feel it out. Every you got to throw shit at the wall, see what sticks. And be open to like yeah. anything really. Do you have uh, cover art yet or anything that no. required you to make some sort of cover art? No. No, I don't have you a cover art right now. Um so I have every song's gonna have artwork. Um every song is basically gonna be treated like a lead single of the album because there's like nine songs and then the intro track, I think. Or maybe like okay. eight songs in the intro. I can't remember. Um Oh yeah, I did just make a decision to put an extra song on the album yesterday so it's 10 it's gonna be nine songs in an intro so like each one's gonna have everything like a video and its own artwork and its own like kind of branding i would say i don't know i'm just thinking kind of like russ like he puts out a a ton of songs and then he just figures out his album afterwards so i just had all these songs and i already had a lot of ideas for them so i'm still carrying that out but i'm trying to keep it a little bit cohesive through the videos and the um and uh these last few artwork um, pieces that I'm getting, but my buddy Kirk, who does a has a media company called Nostalgic Digital, has a really cool style that he developed during quarantine of just like using his photos to make these really interesting collages. So that's what we're going for for the cover. Um, but I haven't seen anything yet. I sent him a bunch of photos like only a few days ago. Um, so we'll see how that goes. Yeah, I can't wait to hear it. I know it's gonna be good. Thanks, man. <laughs> but. Dude, that is uh, all the time we have for today. Awesome. Well, this was yeah. fun, man. Thank you for having me on here. It was a nice little surprise getting a DM from you a couple days ago. Yeah. Dude, I, re- I reach out to – I um. before we go, I, uh, I like I said, I knew who you were a little bit before this. And then I reached out to – um. you said his name in the beginning Dil- of this. Dylan Reese? Yes, yes. I reached out to Dylan, and I was like, hey, dude, uh, have anybody that might be interested in being on the podcast – and he gave me a list of names, and yours was one of them. I was like, dude. Oh, really? It's, so yeah, it was Dylan? Yeah. Oh, my yeah. God. He swings me everything, dude. He got me on the tour. 
He's oh, dude, he swings me everything. That's so funny. That's a fucking Dylan Reese move right there. But that that's why I say to you that like that dude, I'm forever grateful for what he does for me because yeah. he's always looking out. Yeah, I actually was gonna me, tell uh, him that I was doing this, but I don't. Um, that's great. I give I give him Sundays off. I nag him too much about what to do with my album, so I don't bother him on Sundays. Yeah, yeah well, I text him. Don't don't even tell him I told you. So like, dude, I'm not even. Gonna, I'm gonna be like, just do this fire podcast, man. You should do it. Yeah, I always say that too. Um, awesome, well, well, this was fun, man. Here, bro. If you want to do it again, let me know. I'm always down. I will for sure. I'll, I'll keep you in touch, man. Cool. Well, it was great talking to you. Thanks, brother. You too, man.